read our, our scripture and then and then uh, if Brother Buck's got it ready, we got a little short video clip that I want to show. Uh, but but from Romans chapter one verse sixteen, I sent uh, my uh, my message text to proclaim. It should be called Gifts in Romans. Amen. Gifts in Romans. All right. Looky there. We got it up there. Amen. But I want you to turn in your Bible for this tonight. And uh, I want you to read there. And just keep your Bible uh, open to this passage. Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith Praise God. Everyone say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated, Brother Blake. Can we do that video? We're not, we're not ready. All right, we will move forward. We'll move forward. All right, so I want to tonight begin to address something that I felt the Lord leading me to, to, to speak about. And it will be in several messages no doubt that uh, we will endeavor to fulfill this uh, but my focus really is on the gifts of the spirit in the New Testament church and my purpose is to energize the church through spiritual gifts. All right. Amen. But it is a very good thing that God so ordained that the Bible would include instructions about these gifts. And I want rather than to just pick out these several lists of gifts that are found in the New Testament, there are four lists, and go down the list teaching on each one of them, although we will do that at some point. But I wanted to provide the context out of which these gifts operated and out of which the instruction concerning these gifts uh, comes. In order that we can see uh, the, the seedbed, the the healthy soil that produces what God wants His church to be empowered with. 
We have a great task. This gospel must be preached in all the world. And we sometimes shrug that off because we can't go to Africa. But all the world includes every house on 7th Street. Amen. Amen. And Hickman Street. Amen. And every little dead end street in this city. Every house on a county road. That's all the world. And Brother Bernard ain't going to come do that for us. And our missionaries aren't going to come do that for us. That's our job. Amen. And it's a daunting task. But the Lord has not left us without empowerment to get the job done. First of all, He gave us the Holy Ghost. He said, you shall receive power. Power to be a witness after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And I'm thankful that this is a church that believes in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 12 lists seven gifts. One of them is prophecy. One of them is ministry. One of them is teaching. One of them is exhortation. One of them is giving. One of them is leading or, or, or ruling or overseeing. One of them is showing mercy. These are gifts that God wants to be in operation in His church. There are other lists and other books and more gifts. But these gifts are brought to us in Romans chapter 12 in the middle of this great book and I want the Lord to just help us with the context of that. So bear with me. I am going to I put much study into this. I'm going to move very quickly now but I'm going to be reading notes that I have made as I have prayed and wrestled over this. I want you to just receive it tonight. Amen. I want you to receive it. First of all, Paul is not disappointed or embarrassed by the gospel. He has no problem, he says. He's, he's not been to Rome yet, but he's sending them a letter while he's in Corinth. Saying, I'm coming to you. And I'm going to help you. And I'm going to with you, along with you, I'm going to preach the gospel in Rome. Now, the disciples, somewhat of a ragtag band of misfits, a, a band of these that turned the world upside down, ignorant and unlearned men, some folks call them. Paul is a, man, a worldly man. Paul has been a lot of places. Paul is very highly educated. Paul is a Roman citizen. What incredible status that gave him. Paul is Greek-speaking. The language of commerce, business. He's a man who is well prepared in many ways 
But alongside him stands these other apostles. They're a bunch of fishermen. But the gospel that they preached, same one that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Paul says, I am not ashamed to go to Rome. I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel even in intellectual, powerful, worldly Rome. He had the confidence because he knew firsthand what the gospel could do. The gospel embodies the supernatural power of God unto salvation. It covers all God's provision for the whole man. In other words, our body, our soul, our spirit. In the past, in the present, and in the future. It includes justification. When you're born again, it's just as if you had never sinned. Justification. It includes sanctification. That's that process by which we're becoming a vessel that's going to bring such honor to God. And it involves glorification. Because if that same spirit being you that was also in Christ Jesus, it's going to quicken your mortal body someday. There's going to be a change in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. It's the power of the gospel that's going to do that. It is the power of God, he says. Is. Notice the present tense. It is the power of God. He's writing to a bunch of folks that's already saved. It's a church. There are some things that are just understood that they already understand. So he's not going to go around teaching them, okay, now first of all, you've got to repent. And then you've got to be baptized. He's not going to go back and do all of that. They've already repented. They've already been baptized. But he is not without something to say to them. This gospel, it is the, is the power of God. Everybody say it is. it is. In other words, it's not predicated merely on a one-time profession of faith. But on a continual relationship of faith. Huh? Romans 1 and 17 says, the next verse, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So in this church, amongst folks that have been living for God for a long time, the power of the gospel is at work and the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith to faith to faith. The righteousness of God is being revealed in us. Verse 17, if you have an apostolic study Bible, the note says Paul restated the truth that salvation comes by faith. The gospel reveals God's righteousness to those who have faith. 
His righteousness is revealed to those. The revelation occurs from faith to faith. It's based on faith and revealed to those with faith. From start to finish, it is a product of faith. All aspects of salvation from initial justification to progressive sanctification to ultimate glorification come from faith in God and not by human works. The Christian life progresses from one step of faith to another. It is like it is life characterized by continual faith. Then verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Just like the righteousness is revealed to the, those that believe, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, so... Once again, he's writing to this church in Rome, an established church. Unlike many of the other churches he wrote to, he has nothing, no charge against them. No reprimands, no correction, no reproof. And the context clearly assumes that they already know the gospel. They're saved. They've experienced it. But there are some grand truths that lie concealed in these two verses we've read tonight. First of all, It is power. Everybody say power. It's power to overcome deep-rooted prejudices. Paul may have been the most prejudiced man you ever could have met. But the gospel overcame that. It is power to triumph over persecution. It is power to overcome Systems of long established idolatry. The great goddess Diana of the Ephesians, worshipped by the whole world pretty much in that day and time, lost her adherence when the gospel was proclaimed. The Greek gods, the deities of Greece and Rome, were dethroned when the gospel was preached. I'm talking about the power of God. First of all, it is power. Right? Its influence over people's lives is power. When the prison system can't reform somebody, the gospel can. When the intervention programs fail, the gospel succeeds. When human efforts are powerless... The gospel is filled with power. The gospel of Jesus Christ succeeds. Amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, not only is it the power, but it is the power of God. Divinity. The Jews said it was the power of Beelzebub that Jesus cast out devils. The pagans said it's just fanaticism. But Paul said it's the power of God. He said, Brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Zechariah had a word from the Lord. It said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It is not just power. It is the power of God. Amen. And the object of that power, it is the power of God unto salvation. Nature exhibits the power of God in creation, right? The flood proved the power of God in judgment. But the gospel reveals the power of God to save us. If you're thankful for the gospel, you ought to give the Lord a hand clap right about that. And it's impartial. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. Woo! To everybody. He go on to say to the Jew first and to the Greek. And when he said Greek, that meant all Gentiles. Everybody that's not a Jew. Greek was the language of the dominant power of the earth and the language of business and all of that. Kind of like English pretty much today is the language of business all around the world. Greek was that language. And when he said to the Greek, he meant to basically the Greek-speaking world, everybody but the Jews. He meant the Jews and the Greek. It's to everybody. This salvation is not just for one or two or just for a few, but it is for everybody. Does anybody believe that this gospel will work in any person's life, in any home, in any circumstance? This is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. The Apostle Peter said, The promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then it's conditionality. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, to everyone that believeth. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Mm. What a grand description of how this thing works. Anybody who could explain it that good, he has no reason to be ashamed. Not just because, amen, of his willingness to preach, but because he had the, the, the knowledge. He, he had it in here, amen, what he was going to preach when he got to Rome. I am thankful for that. What a missionary. Now, Brother David Bernard, our general superintendent, in his book, The Message of Romans, said something that uh, I want you to hear. He said, some erroneously suppose that theology has a deadening effect on spirituality. Nothing could be further from the truth. A sincere, prayerful study of biblical doctrine will enhance true spirituality. That's right. Amen. 
In fact, he said, true spirituality as opposed to mysticism or existentialism can only develop from a solid understanding of God's word. The truth sets us free spiritually. John 8, 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the Jews answered and said, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anybody. But I can almost hear those to whom Paul might preach and maybe those today in the church who would say, I don't need to be preaching about the gospel, talking about that dude out there that's hooked on drugs. You're talking about that that. That young lady out there who's given her body to all kinds of things. You're, you're talking about those that are steeped in sin. Amen. It, it, he, he said, this, is, this, this truth will set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So Paul is going to spend about 10 chapters talking about theology. He's going to explain how the the Jewish nation fits into this thing and how the Gentiles fit into this thing. The olive tree and us grafted in and we're being held up by the tree and by the root system. Amen. And that God has not rejected the Jews as some suppose, but that rather they're going to be a part right in the middle of this thing. And it's all going to come together in God's plan but we're out here, this branch, we don't need to get too heady and high-minded because God, if God could cut off a branch to graft us in, He could cut us off too. Huh? So he's going into all this theology and everything over these first ten chapters. And the theme of it is in these two verses that we have read tonight. Why would he spend ten chapters on all this theology why not just give them what they need to hear to do what they need to do? The fact of the matter is Paul understands. He's going to teach on spiritual gifts in a little bit. But before he gets to that, he said, I'm going to give you some doctrine. I'm going to give you some theology. Amen. This ain't going to put a damper on what God is going to do. This isn't going to somehow diminish the gifts and the operation of the gifts in the church. But rather, this is going to be the soul out of which it is going to flourish. This is going to be the understanding that is going to make it work amongst you. Amen. You must understand that this gospel will set you free. All right. So like the good Jews sometimes will say, but I'm already free. I got the Holy Ghost. Paul is talking to folks that already have the Holy Ghost and he's telling them this gospel is, not was when you got it, but it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. So the things that God is wanting to do in your life, this power, this gospel is still at work if you will let it be at work in you. Brother Bernard said the more we comprehend divine principles, the more God's power will operate in our lives and in our churches. I want to read that again. The more we comprehend divine principles, the more God's power will operate in our lives and in our churches. friend of mine, Brother Jay Jones, made a statement. He said, at some point, the pot of man and Aaron's rod were stolen out of the ark 
And nothing was left but the two tablets Moses put there at Horeb. Someone desired his miraculous provision, that manna provided from God, power and authority, Aaron's rod, but rejected his commandments, rejected his truth, rejected his revelation. They wanted the power. They wanted the miraculous. They wanted the authority, but they were rejecting his word. It's still happening today. See, in the Bible, faith is not primarily what you think. Some folks think faith, okay, saving faith. If you just think it, if you just say it, if you just believe it. In the Bible, we, we, we attach our understanding of faith. But in the Bible, faith is not so much what you think, it's what you obey. That's faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, from faith to faith. Amen. No matter where you're at in your journey tonight, because of the grace of God, something got a hold of you that caused you to say, God, I don't want you to rubber stamp my plans. I believe you have a plan. Now, I got that in prayer, folks. All right, are you with me? Somebody say amen. amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash some stuff right here. You ready? Buckle your seatbelt. Amen. This is what I believe God spoke to me. This ain't what Brother David Bernard said. This ain't what Abstock Study Bible said. It's what I felt the Lord saying to me. The reason you're at where you're at tonight by the grace of God is somewhere along the way something caused you to say, God, I don't want you to rubber stamp my plans. I believe you have a plan. Yes. How many believe God's got a plan for your life? Hallelujah. Something got to hold you that caused you to say, God, I don't want you to just give me a pass to do anything. I believe you've got something you want me to do. I'm telling you, that you get a hold of that right there. It will change your whole mindset. It's, something got a hold of you. said, I'm not begging you to let what I have been taught be true. I believe you're willing and intent on showing me what is true. Praise God. What I'm talking about here is from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Something got a hold of you caused you to say... God, I'm not looking into your word to justify myself. I'm listening to the preacher because I believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when I get a word from God, it's going to change my attitude and my altitude. It's going to change my outlook and it's going to change my uplook. Amen. I believe a word from God will change us. Hallelujah. I'm talking about from faith to faith tonight. I know you've been living for God. Most folks I'm talking to tonight, you've been living for God for a long time. Amen. But this, this is written to mature saints. This is written to people that have been living for God. And it's still telling you that your life with God is from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Amen. 
How many believes God could speak to you tonight? Isaiah got a word from God. He had been a prophet. He had been doing a good job. Amen. Five chapters of the book of Isaiah, he's already recorded. God's using him and everything. But then Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Read the first five chapters of Isaiah. Amen. When you read those first chapters of Isaiah, you can tell that Isaiah, amen, knew how to tell it. He knew how to say it. He knew how to lay it out. But when you get to chapter 6, he said, I looked up. And I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. He said, I saw him coming with a coal from the altar. He said, he touched my unclean lips. I said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Man, he had been proclaiming. He had been preaching. And all of a sudden, amen, he saw the Lord like he had never saw. He got a word from God. And all of a sudden, he said, you know what? I know I've been living for God. I know I've been prophesying. But guess what? I'm a man of unclean lips. I ain't seen nothing yet. I don't, I'm nothing. Amen. Well, look what I've seen. And, and then a call from the altar comes and touches him on the lips. And he goes from being a great prophet to being perhaps one of the greatest prophets. Isaiah becomes a one God preacher. Isaiah 9 and 6. He said, he said that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Isaiah said that baby is going to be born in Bethlehem. He's not just the Son of God. He is the Everlasting Father. Amen. How did he get to be a one God preacher? I'll tell you how. It was from faith to faith. He got a vision. He saw the Lord. He'd been living for God. He'd been prophesying. But he got a fresh word from God. And he preached all the rest of the book of Isaiah after that cold touched his lips. It was a life changing experience. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Paul said, O oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you that you, should, that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ is clearly portrayed among you is crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? I asked you that question. How did you get the Holy Ghost? You have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in here tonight. How did you get the Holy Ghost? Was it works? Did I give it to you? Did some preacher give it to you? Did you sign a document, join a church, and get it? Ain't no man involved in this. God gave you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why we're changing the world. That's why 37,000 young people gathered in St. Louis this past week and had a Holy Ghost time in a dome and changed, it affected that city. Amen. I'll tell you why. Because they got that baptism of the Holy Ghost and it's not something that comes from man. It's not a work we do. It's a God thing. Amen. Now, now, how did you get the Holy Ghost? Once again, you didn't shake a preacher's hand. It, it didn't happen like that. You had to have faith. Somebody preached and said you can have it. And, and, and faith was born in your heart. And you said, I'm going to go get it. And you went to an altar. You went somewhere with faith in your heart that God is going to do for me what he did on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And because you believed that, amen, 
the Lord honored that faith and did what he said he would do and he baptized you with the Holy Ghost evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Not a man, not you. God gave the utterance. The Spirit of God took over that most unruly member of your body and you began to speak in an unknown language and it was evidence that you were fully surrendered to God because your most unruly member was being controlled by the Spirit. Huh? It took faith to get there. Foolish Galatians. He said, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit that you're now made perfect by the flesh? Do you think that because of what happened to you in 1976 when I got the Holy Ghost, what happened to you back in the 70s? What happened to you back five years ago, two years ago, ten years ago, fifty years ago? Do you think because of the faith you had that got you right there that you're being made perfect by that. I tell you, you got to understand, Paul is telling them, you're not going to be made perfect by the flesh. Get the Holy Ghost and then just pay your tithes and do what the church requires and show up and all that kind of stuff and, 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 and you're going to be made perfect. No, it is from faith to faith. Faith got you the Holy Ghost, but there's some other things God wants to do in your life, but it is from faith to faith. Paul is preaching about the gospel, but he's telling some folks that already have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's telling them, amen, that now this gospel is to everyone that believes, and this gospel has power in it, and this gospel is, amen, what is going to, from faith to faith, produce in you the gifts of the Spirit. He goes on to say, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, the same one who gave you the Spirit is going to work miracles in the same way he gave you the Holy Ghost. Right? How many want to see miracles and signs of wonders? Amen. All right? Amen. We just don't punch our cart. Boom, I got the Holy Ghost. All right, God, what gifts you given? What have you got? Amen. Well, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. If you said that about the Holy Ghost, you'd have never got it. I earnestly desire the best gifts, the Bible says. So what are we to do? What are we to do? The same way you got the Holy Ghost. That faith that got you the Holy Ghost will get you those gifts too. If you will go after them. The Holy Ghost is the gift. Right? Yes. It's the gift of the Father. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift. But you get the other gifts the same way you got the first gift. You get it by faith. You've got to believe God wants to do it. Ain't nobody gets the Holy Ghost and don't believe God wants to give it to them. Ain't nobody gets the gifts. They've been operating in their lives until they believe that God wants them to operate in their lives. They're no longer just satisfied, amen, with what they got, amen, when they got the Holy Ghost, but they want it to function. They want it to do the things, and they want those other gifts, amen, power tools that God is going to use to enable His church and to empower His church to reach that person that lives at 607 East Street, 7th Street, and every street, and every address in this city. The only way it's going to happen, we're going to have to have every tool God's got in His box. He who supplies the Spirit to you, He does it by faith. 
He who works miracles among you, he does it by faith, the hearing of faith. So I'm preaching this to you tonight because I believe if I preach Holy Ghost, people get the Holy Ghost. And I believe if I preach other gifts, folks will get other gifts. And so we have set this on a shelf somewhere and we only talk about it on rare occasions sometimes, but I'm here tonight proclaiming and declaring and loosing, amen, in this congregation, gifts of the Spirit tonight. I believe God is going to impart them. I believe before we leave this place tonight, there's going to be an impartation of the Holy Ghost. I believe that preaching, amen, brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it is from faith to faith that these gifts happen. So Paul is going to go on to teach. Amen. And it is theology all the way up through chapter 10. He's going to explain about sin and judgment for the pagan world, for the moralist, the one who says, well, I'm a good person. For the Jews who had the privileges, but also the responsibilities for what God had given them. He's going to answer objections about that. And he's going to sum all that up by saying everybody's guilty. All of sin. It comes short of the glory of God. He's going to talk for a little bit about the, right, the way of righteousness. And he's going to let them know you can have it. The way of righteousness. What is right with God. God's righteousness. You can, you can live in that. You can walk in that. He's going to use Old Testament examples. Then he's going to spend a little time on the way of holiness. Why? Just a minute. We're trying to get spiritual gifts, right? This is the understanding of biblical principles that will produce those gifts in us. The way of holiness, freedom from sin. He's going to talk about that. Uh, the the, the uh, uh, baptism in which we take on his name. He's going to talk about that. You know, the Jews baptized before. Before the disciples did, before the apostles did, conversion to Judaism, they had everywhere, even before they built a synagogue in the city, they would build a mikvah. That was a baptismal tank. And they would, they would have baptisms in that tank, conversions to Judaism. Also, there were some uh, ritualistic kind of like purity things that they would do there. Uh, when when, when two, a young couple would get married, before they went to get married, they would go down in the waters of baptism and the purpose of that was it represented the womb down in that. To the Jew, it represented the womb, the water in the womb. And when they come out, they were a new person. When they come out, it was the act that joined them together. In a sense, their marriage. They were then married according to the Jewish view of things. They come out, they were a new, now they were one flesh. They were, they were joined together after that baptism, that, that cleansing that took place there. So we see baptism in the scripture lays out that the theology of how it is being buried with Christ in baptism. But also, even from the Jewish mindset, it was also a birth. And it was when they go down, I'm coming up new. I'm coming up different. I'm coming up changed. And so Paul talks a little bit about that kind of thing. He talks about freedom from sin. He talks about freedom from the law. He talks about freedom from death with life in the spirit and the glory and the triumph of faith. And then he goes on to talk about human unbelief and divine grace. 
Israel's unbelief. But how God still has a purpose for Israel. Romans chapter 11 is powerful about the, that, that, that olive tree and all of that. The restoration of Israel. And God's purpose. Not only for Israel, but then he talks about God's purpose for the world. And all of this. Then in chapter 12, he's going to start talking about the Christian life. The way of life, which is going to include those gifts of the Spirit that we talked about earlier. But the context of all of this, this power of the gospel, if we will understand it is from faith to faith, not only did it justify us, but it is sanctifying us. To a bunch of saved folks, he said, it is the power of God unto salvation. We're saved, but we're being saved, right? It's the power of God that's getting us there. It's the power of God that's going to help us reach folks and save, see folks saved in this world. It's the power of the gospel. We've got to let that gospel work in us. Amen. And it's from faith to faith. We got one gift when we got the Holy Ghost. But there's a whole bunch more gifts that God has available. And some folks don't even realize they're there. What I'm telling you tonight, amen, God wants to empower this church. Amen, we got to take this city. Amen. It belongs to us. I came through Marmaduke the other night, the other evening. Amen. And something come over me. I started praying. I started binding spirits of false doctrine. I started binding spirits of, of, of traditions of men. I started binding spirits of addictions and things, chains that the enemy has put on people. I started binding that stuff as I went through that city. Amen. Man, I felt like I could just storm hell with a water pistol. And then I got the rector and I did it all over again. Amen. And I am telling you tonight, even you may feel like we just got water pistols, but God said, I'm going to give you something to work with. Amen. I'm going to give you something you can right. do. Amen. Woo, glory. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Amen. Amen. You, 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 may, you may have that kind of, you know, zeal in you that says, oh, let's go, Pastor. Come on, let's reach this. You look around at somebody and they say, well, we tried that last year. We did that back in the days when everybody had a bus, you know, churches, everybody got in the bus ministry. We're about to start the bus ministry again around here. But what I'm telling you is, amen, we're about to reach this city. We're going to do it with the gifts in operation. Amen. That's the only way we can do it. We frustrate ourselves, you know, purchasing things and trying to make it happen. It ain't going to happen that way. I tell you, it's already been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's sitting there waiting on you. It's already got a gift. It's available to you. But you've got to understand, it's from faith to faith to faith to faith. Anybody ever gone up a spiral staircase? You know? You know what I'm talking about? Go up a spiral staircase? Amen. You kind of almost beat yourself going up. Amen. But here's what you do. You know, you're right here. And you say, oh, wow, okay. And you just go around one time, and all of a sudden, you're kind of back at the same spot, but you're up a little higher. And you say, oh, go around again. Go around again. Back here at the same spot, but a little higher. Amen. Faith to faith. It will go again. Boy, that was good. That was awesome. Amen. I'm going to go from here. You got, you got that for us, Lord. You'll do that, Lord. We can do that. 
Amen. We can have that, Lord. And from faith to faith, that same thing that got you the Holy Ghost will get you. You said the Spirit that will give you power tools to do what God wants this church to do. Right. Stand together. I know this has been teaching tonight, but I feel like there's been some preaching here too. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear except somebody sent? I believe God sent me tonight with a word for this church. Yes. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, visitors, for being with us tonight. And uh, I know that my message was primarily to the church tonight. And I, I pray that somehow God blessed you through it. But, but, but I'm talking to the church tonight. It's Sunday night, folks. God. Now, it is from faith to faith, so it requires faith. All right? If you want God to use you, if, you, if you're willing to make yourself available for God to bestow in your life power to to make his church function on a whole new level. I want you to step out tonight and come to the front. Amen. And everyone is welcome. I'm going to embarrass anybody. Just would you come and stand here in the front. I'm going to pray over you here in a moment. And, and, and I'm going to speak a word of faith tonight. Amen.